0: Hello! Welcome, everyone. I'm Bruce. I'm Greg. And I'm Casey. Together, we will dive into the mysterious world of the hit TV show, Supernatural. Join us as we follow Sam and Dean on some crazy adventures as we break down episode by episode and have some fun along the way. Today's episode, Season 1, Episode 8, Bugs, premiered on November 8th, 2005, directed by Kim Manners and written by Rachel Knave and Bill Coakley. We are natural natural friends. friends.
1: We've got our pal Greg, we've got our guy Bruce, they've got their other friend who's pretty cool. We're gonna spend some time with Sam and Dean, we're gonna kill some monsters and break down a scene. Supernatural friends. Supernatural
0: friends. Remember, spoilers ahead. Well... Well, (laughs) we start off the episode once
1: again in a fictional town, this time the town of Oasis Plains, Oklahoma. So we see our one handy dandy worker uh, fall into the sinkhole and he's immediately complaining about breaking his ankle. And did anyone else think like, oh, he's exaggerating. Everyone always thinks they broke something when they fell. And then they show you the shot of his bone sticking out of his ankle. I didn't see that. How
2: did I miss that? <laughs> I think I missed it as well. I think I think I saw that there was supposed to be a shot, but I didn't notice i I, I just didn't focus on it, I guess. and there's like there's blood everywhere. It's a dark hole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he actually broke his ankle and he was actually able to tell right away. So I was no longer <laughs> mad at him.
2: Visual confirmation.
0: <laughs> it was actually very weird to me why everybody was so panicked at this point like yeah the bugs were creepy and like the guy looked down to the hole and the guy's laying there like obviously he's not like in huge danger at this point and he's like i'm getting the stuff i'm getting the rope and he gets over there and like it's like i don't know if i would have panicked that much at that point like yeah this is weird that he fell in a hole but like he's breathing
1: he's in a hole (laughs) and then the guy just lets himself get covered with bugs there's a lot of
2: things that annoy me about this, but that is the greatest issue. It goes from
1: he had no bugs on him to 45 seconds later, covered in bugs.
2: It reminded me of that scene in Austin Powers with the guy running from this, slowly running from the steamroller. <laughs> it's a lot like that because like this could have been more understandable if it was like more of a supernatural effect, like in the mummy, like the bugs just going crazy and devouring the guy whatever but no it's just this beetle's kind of sitting there because that's they don't move much (laughs) and he just sat there because well he had a broken ankle doesn't move much
0: (laughs)
1: yeah
2: yeah
1: you know those broken ankles that make you not able to move your arms but it's cool he gets his brain eaten and causes people to think that he suffered from accelerated mad cow disease
0: you guys remember mad cow disease I yeah. didn't <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a neat thing to uh, look into in this episode like how many random diseases we've had in the past that you kind of just like forget existed and then it's also very relevant today <laughs> are you thinking about West Nile virus as well yeah yeah, yeah. you guys remember West Nile
1: virus When was the last time you you heard anyone talk about West Nile? I remember during this time when it was a huge deal. I even looked it up a little to make sure, but in 2003, so two years before this was when there were like 10,000 cases in the US that year. There's like around 100 deaths from West Nile virus every year in the US still.
0: I actually watched, I listened to a podcast called uh, Backpacker Radio, and the, the, uh, his co-host the one co-host um actually had had it um on his through hike of the pacific crest trail so i thought that was pretty i mean it's not neat but i mean at least it like uh, it does exist that uh the first uh kill i guess we want to call it by the Beatles, as ridiculous as it was was probably the best looking kill i think in this episode um bug wise like yeah, they, yeah, yeah. they were the most real looking bugs in this episode. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Whether they could eat your brains or not, I don't know.
1: <laughs> I mean, might as well talk about it here. Along with the realness of the bugs. So Bruce, let me let me tell you this little story here. Um, so the scene in the attic with the bees at the end, that scene was filmed with real bees. I don't believe you. I am not lying to you. <laughs> so they first made sure that the boys weren't going to go into anaphylactic shock by stinging them with a bee to make sure they weren't allergic. Once they confirmed that neither were allergic to bees, they settled on a plan to use real bees. I couldn't get a confirmation on the real number. In some anecdotes, it's anywhere between 600 and 60,000 bees. So either way, there were a lot of bees that they used. But they wouldn't show up on film. Okay. I believe that. So, after using these bees for all 15, 20 takes, however many it took, they ended up just having to put in the CGI bees so that you could actually see it. Everyone got stung, and it was all for nothing.
0: <laughs> How many times did they get stung?
1: A lot. At
2: least a few. They wore like uh, under their sleeves, like they had like special like clothing to. How, how did they, how did they phrase it? Like, um, so they had like to close off the cuffed area. clothing underneath, cuffed. There you go. Okay. Yeah, to, okay, To seal
1: off their skin, but I mean, it doesn't stop them all. And your face is still completely uncovered if your shirt comes up, everything's exposed. And
2: and then just the scene itself of them like
1: swatting at bees. They're <laughs> gonna get stuck. <laughs> the bee wrangler told Jensen that as long as he doesn't <laughs> swat at them, everything should be fine. Is that accurate? (laughs) Well, and then whenever that right before they're about to start the take, he realizes that he starts the scene shooting flames at them. Oh, (laughs) so he knew it wasn't going to go well. (laughs) So the boys pretend to be the dead guy's nephews. So we gave up being fake law enforcement for an episode. That was a nice change of pace.
2: They do seem to do a good job of assuming Not necessarily believable identities, but just what's needed. Like, you don't have to be Homeland Security in this scenario. The nephew's fine. And just the Bloody Mary episode, like, oh, we're co worker They got called out for it because the guy worked from home. But, (laughs) again, you didn't need to be Homeland Security to go to a funeral. Mm
1: -hmm. The boys end up at the real estate developer's house for the big open house barbecue for the neighborhood to sell some houses. And... Find out that his son is super into bugs, and then I think it's Dean that refers to him as Willard. <laughs> I forgot to look into that. You guys familiar with Willard? Is that yeah. the TV show? No, no, it was a movie. So let me let me walk you through some history, Bruce Willard. There was a book, unimportant. Um, there was a 1971 film starring Bruce Davison, in which a social misfit uses his only friends, his pet rats, to exact revenge on his tormentors. It was fine. It was received okay. Then there was the 1972 sequel called Ben, which is probably best known for its very beautiful theme song, Ben, which was performed by Michael Jackson.
0: That does not (laughs) feel like the same uh, theme. Are you guys familiar with the song Ben? I love that song, actually. Yeah, it's about a rat.
1: (laughs) But, and that song went on to become Michael Jackson's first domestic and international number one solo single. So, fun <laughs> fact. Hmm. Um, but you guys might know Willard Best from the 2003 version starring Crispin Glover, which is pretty much the same as the 1971 version, but better.
2: That's, that's the one I know. <laughs> I actually didn't realize until this week that, or I forgot, I guess, that there was an original 70s version after. Yeah. Might have to check out sometime. You should watch Ben. (laughs) I'm going to.
1: (laughs) It's like the Gremlins 2 of the Willard franchise. So then shortly after the barbecue scene, we see the sales manager in her shower with those spiders on her face. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She got scared of the spiders in her shower. And fell through the shower?
0: <laughs> were those real spiders? Were they real spiders and then they had to CGI them anyway? Because they were going to be real? They looked terrible. <laughs> um, so bad. But I, I couldn't figure out if
1: she died from the shower door or the spiders.
0: It feels like to me it was the spiders because like she was able to crawl pretty far like The blood trail went pretty far, and then the spider bites were in there. But, but
1: what is... The, like? What's the point of her
0: falling through the shower door? There's, there's no point at, at all! <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene is ridiculous. <laughs> were there fake spiders? Was that a thing that we found? No. Okay, so Sam... In this this episode's gonna be ridiculous. Anyhow, the, Sam and Dean eventually go find her, Right? So they pick up the the towel and spiders fall out. I I thought they were fake. I thought they were supposed to be fake. Now that was going to be part of the story. <laughs> I was like, why do these bugs turn into fake bugs after they're done? <laughs> and I just realized what I was thinking. Like, oh, I just completely missed that that they were supposed to be real. Yep, what hap- were what they happened?
1: What happened? Supposed to be real.
0: What happened to this episode? <sighs> I don't
2: Oh. Eric Kripke takes pretty much all of the blame for this episode because he I I wish I had it in front of me so I could quote him directly but he he pretty much pushed for it to happen and people told him like it's not going to be good and he's just like let's do it anyway <laughs> or yeah. like let's do what we can and it turned out as awful <laughs> as expected
1: so they ori- they started with a draft of the episode that everyone was really happy with and they took it to the production team and they pretty much told them that it's not going to happen we don't have the time or money to make this episode and then so after a few rewrites we ended up with this version of it which and then it became no one else wanted to make it and told eric not to do it and
0: he did it anyway see now that makes a lot of sense because like in my head i'm like there's a lot of good stuff in here like the nature coming after people—that's a cool theme. Yeah. Um, the kid, you know, with his dad—he's interested in bugs. Like that's that's fun. But just everything felt so disconnected the whole time. The random Native American, which I'm pretty sure was pretty racist at that point. Uh, the whole <laughs> scene in general. I. <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of, a lot of tough stuff, and. Yeah, I mean disconnected is a good way to describe a lot of it there's the part where sam just starts talking about how his relationship with their dad and all the issues he had with him but like do you guys remember four episodes ago when sam found out how proud his dad was of him
0: because sam doesn't he doesn't remember (laughs) that at all (laughs) was this supposed to be put in at this spot in the season yeah, this is this one's in order. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: But you could still have Sam's issues with his upbringing that his dad's pride doesn't help with, you know, but still like we we resolved this whole Sam's different than Dean thing a while ago and
1: Yeah. I mean, the, there was the one thing we got out of it that I actually did appreciate getting um whenever Dean tells Sam about their dad going to Stanford to just kind of make sure that Sam's okay. Mm -hmm. I like that added part, but otherwise it, the whole conflict between them, this episode felt completely unnecessary.
2: God forbid you say hello to your son. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Hey, I just thought I'd check in on you, make sure you're okay. You want to grab a bite to eat or something? (laughs) Play some catch? I was actually pretty annoyed at how much we were hit over the head with this allegory of... Matt's relationship with his father versus Sam's relationship with his father. And yeah, it just really hit us over the head with it a little too hard. Yeah. Combined with the fact that like, oh, that's pretty coincidental, like this perfect analogy. And then, oh, it's also pretty coincidental that we have these bug issues and Matt happens to be this bug expert, (laughs) bug expert kid. (laughs) All right. Bruce, did you recognize the dad?
0: I have a note. And it says, I quote, I know the guy that is selling the house, but I can't remember who it is.
1: (laughs) Well, how about we play a little game? Hey, who is that? That's right. It's our weekly segment where we take a look at some of the guest stars from this week's episode. Let's start with our bug boy, Matt Pike, played by Tyler Johnston. Hey, who is that? You might recognize Tyler from an appearance on Smallville, um, as a regular on the Canadian hit TV show, Letter Kenny, or his season eight appearance on Supernatural playing a completely different character. Next up, (laughs) we have our gas guy, the one that lived, Travis Weaver. He was played by Ryan Robbins. Hey, who is that? So not long after this episode of Supernatural, Ryan Robbins started to become a pretty big staple in genre television. You could recognize him from Stargate Atlantis, Sanctuary, Battlestar Galactica, Caprica, Falling Skies, Continuum, Arrow, The Magicians, Van Helsing, Ghost Wars, or maybe Riverdale. That gets around. Yeah. Now lastly, we have the developer slash bad dad, Larry Pike, and also his wife, Joni Pike played by Andrew Arley and Anne-Marie DeLuise, respectively. Now, you might recognize the two of them from when they played another married couple on a season 15 episode of Supernatural. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Hey, Who Is That? So our dear brothers go along with Matthew Pike to the hole in the ground where they find some Native American bones. Later, little Matthew has trouble convincing his father that something weird's going on. Do you think it would have helped if he had just shown his dad the bones?
2: Yeah, actually, now that you mention it.
0: Okay. I just wonder how much of this we could have avoided. Is it weird that they find a skull and they take it to a professor and not the police?
2: <laughs> um, I would say not weird that they didn't take it to the police. Well, assuming that they could tell how old it was, I guess maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, are you really an expert on
1: how old a skull is if you dig one out of the ground? I never really thought about it before, but what would I do if I found a skull? I don't know.
0: I like to think that I would go to the police about it (laughs) (laughs) because I thought somebody was murdered.
2: (laughs) You wouldn't take a second to, to try and determine how old it is. Like, maybe knock on it, see how frail it is. It's about 200 years
0: years old. What if you had to kick
1: in a pile of worms to find it? Would you still go to the police first? (laughs) What if you were accused of murder recently and
0: people thought you were dead? (laughs) What's going on this season, guys? That would be a hilarious
2: twist if if they took it to that professor, which is... Even aside from the police thing, it's weird to take it to the professor and not have some sort of archaeological dig. But um, that would be a funny twist if he took it to the professor. It's like, this skull is 10 years old,
1: guys. Where did you get this? <laughs> <laughs> and like you mentioned, they end up going to the Native American wise man. And I did really enjoy about this part when he just straight up calls Dean on his bullshit.
0: That was, that was good dialogue, for sure.
1: Yeah, that was fun and that's when we find out about the Native American curse to keep the white man
0: away yeah how
2: <laughs> how do you think that story was passed down
0: from grandfather to grandson and then I believe from him to his grandson because exa- that's exactly how the guy said it and that didn't make any sense at all <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't he tell his son and then he told his son <laughs> <laughs> makes no sense so the, it skips a generation <laughs> Greg, what are you asking,
1: though, for real?
2: So the story is these people were slaughtered and everybody died. No.
1: no. So everyone who was left after, on the sixth night, everyone who was left was
0: killed. They had six okay. days where they could have left. Yeah, it's, so it sounded like okay. a lot of people left, because that's why I was like, well, why are there still people there then?
2: But then this curse came from the sixth night, right? Right. Did it come from a survivor? No, it came from...
0: The chief that was there that died. So, did he communicate that before he died? I think it's what Greg's getting to. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) The people that did leave, the chief let him know, like, "Hey, if I am almost dead, I am going to put a curse on this land.
1: I am gonna die here and just see, just so you guys know, I am gonna curse it." Okay. Um, but the specifics of the curse are: it starts on the equinox and it lasts for six days. Yes. So, two things about this. First of all, it means that we're at the spring equinox, which means it is on the show March 20, or March, 2006.
2: What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, what I didn't realize it until you pointed it out.
0: Yeah, we lost like three months or something. This timeline is <laughs> f-
1: <laughs> Second thing. So the bugs are start, supposed to start killing on the spring equinox. What about the surveyor that had died the year prior? that they
0: mentioned was he the year the last equinox before that but only one person died a year ago he was a surveyor so he was the only one there right
1: but other people would have been there after that
0: i was under the impression that it only happened in that week
1: yeah but like other things would have happened that week besides a surveyor going there
2: what would have happened i'm I'm not really well versed in land development But it actually does kind of make sense to me that a surveyor surveying the land just happened to be there on the cursed week and others came in after that particular week. And
1: you don't think anyone would continue his work?
2: Maybe not the very next day. Maybe maybe they were investigating his death. Maybe, <laughs> I don't know, man.
1: <laughs> his beasting death.
2: <laughs> oh, sorry, I forgot how he died. That's a good point, though. Like, that It should have been very likely that at least one other person died. I think what bugs me most is <laughs> please don't please don't kick me off this call. So I think what bothers me most is that why bugs is is really still a question that pops up in my head of they even like reiterate like nature will rise up and take this land. It's like okay, there's there's a lot of different types of nature that aren't just creepy crawlies.
1: You want to see some some walking trees.
2: So, some walking trees or like wolves or something (laughs) did you find
1: out anything in lore
2: okay so i found out not much so i swear every time i'm in charge of lore it's like oh this thing this episode is based on has no founding in real (laughs) life so according to supernatural wiki a curse is a type of spell done to cause misfortune harm or death to whomever It is placed on, but in this particular universe, sometimes a curse can be broken by killing the caster. Other times it can only be broken through some form of reversal spell or ritual. And I'm pretty sure in this particular episode, it's just like, no, it can't be reversed. I don't know how they determine that, but just just can't. (laughs) I had two main things I wanted to look into, which is bugs and ancient Native American burial grounds.
1: Is 170 years ancient? When do we start using ancient?
2: (laughs) I forget. At some point in my research, somebody pointed out, like, when we talk about ancient burial burial grounds, it is Native Americans because they are the oldest (laughs) we could possibly call ancient. But I agree. It's not old enough. (laughs) So let's start with bugs. The most fitting is from religion that the third, eighth, and possibly fourth plague of Egypt were bug-related, and particularly the eighth plague, which was locusts. The only other thing I found for this episode, the, the writers had certain urban legends in mind that I've never heard of, but Eric Kripke especially had a few in mind that they never really touched on in the episode. So to quote... Eric Kripke, he says, There really are a lot of great urban legends about bugs. There are tapeworms climbing out of people's mouths. There are spiders laying eggs in people's brains, after which all these spiders pour out. Earwigs got their name because they like to crawl into people's ears and eat their brains. Love bugs got their name because they were created in a lab to mate with mosquitoes, and these overly amorous insects escaped and are so blinded by their lovemaking that they constantly smash into high-speed motorists, causing countless deadly crashes. And did you know that rabies-infected praying mantis fights can cause women to become cannibalistic during lovemaking? That would have been cool in the episode. So
1: many of these would have been so much better than what we got. <laughs>
2: I have a question for you guys related to lore. What movie comes to mind when we talk about Native American burial grounds? Poltergeist. Who is?
0: Uh, what's that Stephen King movie? The Pet Cemetery? Yeah.
2: Uh, so Casey, Poltergeist, did you know it's not a Native American burial ground?
1: <laughs> Wait, what?
2: <laughs> it is just a cemetery. It is a cemetery that they moved the headstones but left the bodies. It is a common thing. I read an article that pointed that out, that it was like one of the most memorable Native American burial grounds movie, and it's not Native American.
1: This is uh, Bernstein Bears. Level Mandela (laughs) Effect.
2: I want to find the article because it was a good article. It's called, Why Every Horror Film of the 1980s Was Built on Indian Burial Grounds. AtlasObscura.com And I'm not going to vouch for this website at all. I don't know anything about it, but this was a good article. So it points out that Poltergeist comes to mind and it's not related to Native American burial ground. And so it dives into where does this trope come from? And it pretty much just comes from Amityville horror, but even that is a little incorrect because the family of the Amityville house claimed that it was built on some sort of sanitarium of a Native American tribe, but that's also not true anyway, but that's what they claimed, and that's partly what the movie is based on. But in general, this just became a movie and TV trope that is not based on anything. There is no, there are plenty of stories across the United States of hauntings and haunted places, and none of them seem to be based on Native American burial grounds. However, I do have one fun example Lake Shawnee Amusement Park in Princeton, West Virginia. Had six deaths between 1926 and 1966. At which point it closed. It was reopened in 1987, but Native American artifacts and human remains were discovered in 1988, and the the park was closed soon after. But they now host paranormal tours. If you guys are interested.
1: So, do you think the whole poltergeist thing is because of Family Guy? That
2: was what the article opened with, saying that they they spoofed it and they use native american burial ground
1: could be speaking of our native american curse our dear brothers make it to the realtor's house knowing that it's night number six everyone's about to die sam says it's about it's just nearly 12 a.m whenever they get there so they get everyone inside the house it's too late to get them to leave the bugs are blocking out the sky they're chewing through the phone lines the power lines everything's going terribly wrong they're trapped inside they're boarding up windows sam says hopefully the curse will be done if they just make it through the night. The bugs get in through the fireplace. Everyone's up to the attic. The bees are attacking. Everything's going wrong. Termites chewing through the roof. And four minutes later, the sun rises <laughs> at twelve oh four. What?
2: That's ridiculous. That oh, it's the worst part of it. Bad deaths. Bad CGI. I could not look past it. But like, this is the worst transgression in this entire episode.
1: In the series. Oh, there you go. Nothing that happens in that attic makes sense. Okay, the bees get in. Let's say, theoretically, we somehow just jump through the next four hours. Are they in that attic for four hours with those bees? We see the all bugs kill our other two victims so quickly, but even in the time that we see them on screen with the bees, they the bees should have killed everyone in that room.
0: Absolutely. I like to think that uh, Dean's jacket... Saved them all when he was, like, covering them over. It was the second jacket. That's what did it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, That's why he wears two jackets. I don't get it. And
1: they don't even come across as heroic in this episode. They didn't solve anything. The plan just turned out to be huddle in this corner and hope we don't die.
0: Dean got a can of bug spray and lit it on a fire. Come on. That was... He did. Yeah. And if you try to follow the timeline of the episode that can lasted for <laughs> five or
2: six hours,
0: five hours. <laughs> yeah. When he grabbed the bug spray, I was like, okay, it's a, it's funny. Cause it's a bug spray, but then he catches it on fire. So at that point, is it even worth that? It's bug spray. Could it have been any aerosol in there the world? So many because... things
2: under that sink that could have helped.
1: You? I would, I would have appreciated this episode so much more if like, he walks through the house just grabbing aerosol cans and he's strapped up with, like, hairspray, bug spray, and all this other stuff ready to go, but no, it's just one can
0: of bug spray. Or even if you just sprayed the bugs with the bug spray. That would have been more logical. That <laughs> would have been pretty funny. Yeah. It almost, like, I think if I re-watched it, like, what did you guys think the second time watching it?
1: It's even worse.
0: Okay, so it, it doesn't get that, like, it's so bad it becomes funny kind of no, approach? It's it. Like
1: everything that happens, it just feels inexcusable.
2: That's why I get so mad at this episode that it I understand the problems that we already discussed about uh making this bug episode happen and the fact that it was still pushed, but it, it just feels lazy regardless of all those issues of even even the, the sun rising issue like cut away and make it feel like it they, they had five hours of you know, being OK in the attic, but a little worried or or the aerosol thing, like give them a bunch of aerosol cans. It's fun.
1: Or even like so they're first huddled in like the living room, dining room, the downstairs, whatever, like show me a clock that shows it's 6 a.m. Whenever the bugs first actually make it down the fireplace and they're chased up to the attic. Cool. If they made it through six hours downstairs, that's fine don't show me continuous action for four
0: minutes and tell me that six hours (laughs)
2: passed. I'm so angry right now. I need to stop (laughs) podcasting this.
0: (laughs) So after all of this goes on, the sun comes through the roof and they fly up into the sky where the bees live out eternity. I don't know what happens. Um, Like is the curse gone (laughs) or is like, if anyone comes back to this land next year, does it just happen again? Uh, That's what I understand.
2: I think so. And I was worried about that, too. Like, the dad was like, I'll make sure nobody comes here. Okay, but it's a multi-million dollar deal. (laughs) You're not the only one with a vested interest in this place. But also, maybe you can get by with, oh, we discovered this burial ground of Native Americans. This is a historic site. Something like
1: that. But still, probably not. And you know what we didn't even talk about? Whenever Dean calls the developer and says that he's travis weaver from the gas company just calls him out on his bullshit of i've been working with him for a year i appreciated that
2: i just now put together that he was using the name of the the gas company guy we met because when that happened i was like where did he get two questions (laughs) where did he get this company name or this this uh this guy's name but even even so so now that i know like oh wait that's who they met okay fine Why did you use his name? Like, why? If he he either knew him and therefore it doesn't work, or he didn't know him and therefore use any name.
0: Literally any other name would have been okay.
2: (laughs) This is Dean Winchester from the gas company.
0: So in that car scene where they're driving and he's trying to call, they have a little conversation with each other. But Dean definitely has some really good Comedy in this like it's It's overshadowed greatly by just the whole plot But um specifically I'm thinking When he sh- sneaks into the house Um and he's like oh I want to use the steam Shower and uh <laughs> He comes out with the uh the towel, the towel Around his head um I think when he Gets to the, that kid later and he's like I thought we had a plan <laughs> so, <laughs> There were definitely Little snippets of like oh That's nice <laughs> Amongst the sludge
2: and can I just say that your dean impression is spot on? I felt like I was there.
0: (laughs) This is just one more complaint, it's not even an observation. Let's hear it. Um, the dad and the son they make up at the end because they almost died together. Was that our reasoning? (laughs) Why are they like all of a sudden like he's a good father and the kid's like appreciative because the kid realized bugs are bad, (laughs) dad realized son
1: is good because the kid doesn't (laughs) have bugs anymore no no because he was right about the bugs
2: Uh, yeah Yeah, now that you pointed out it's there's no moral there there's nothing going uh, it's lazy
1: all of it see do do you remember whenever Sam was talking about how bad his dad was but then Dean told Sam that his dad actually (laughs) loved him (laughs) We we got to see it play out with the other family. Man. Yep.
2: I give this episode a two out of
1: ten. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, <laughs> Greg, okay. L- listen. I know you're in a bad place right now, <laughs> but Supernatural is our friend.
2: I don't have much to say that just won't turn into ranting. We've talked about it all. <laughs> Overall, I can forgive bad CGI and deaths that don't make too much sense but there were too many plot points that just felt like lazy writing that they don't get leeway on those issues that it wasn't because of the bugs it wasn't because of the cgi it was just a bad episode and it's a two out of ten
0: i am not gonna be as harsh i gave The hook last week, and that was probably my least favorite this week. Um, I believe a five or a five and a half out of 10. I can't remember exactly. Um, I'm going to give this one a four out of 10 just because, like, I mean, everything we said already, uh, the story was all over the place. I wasn't sure where it was going. I I believe there's two uh, gay jokes in this that didn't really age well. Like I said, I figured the whole Native American thing was a little bit racist. We barely talked about anything that had been discussed earlier so the premonition thing that Sam has had had wasn't addressed whatsoever, which it hasn't been in the past few episodes, but I mean there was nothing that was talking about anything that happened before, and like you said they didn't do anything in this other than catch bug spray on fire so uh, 4 out of 10 fake spiders (laughs) so I'll start off with some positive stuff I
1: think the first let's call it third of this episode had some good stuff to it the first death was good the setup of the neighborhood the whole barbecue thing like everything in that was cool really everything up until the sales manager died from the spiders and kicking her out of her shower was fine it was just from there where we went downhill fast that's when it became just a really stale episode from the boring bees to the cliche and tired Native American burial ground it was by far one of the worst episode we've seen and we'll see. The show's always been able to offer us some unique twists on urban legends, but sadly not this time. And like Greg said, everyone begged Eric Kripke not to make this episode, and he probably should have listened. Same score, as Bruce. Four fake spiders out of ten. Give us some good news. What are we watching next week?
2: Next week on Supernatural, we're watching season 1, episode 9, Home. Sam is haunted by a vision of a woman trapped in the brothers' childhood home and convinces a reluctant Dean that they need to go back.
0: Oh, I like that. We have something else going on. My prediction, um like I said we're I've been very much that we're going to find Dad by the mid-season. What's next episode 9, right? I guess it gives us four episodes to find Dad, and that going home because of a premonition really feels like we're getting close to that. So I don't think we're going to find him, but the premonitions are going to definitely be more prominent, and we're going to use it to find out where Dad is. I th- I hope we find out about uh, his girlfriend because my man Sam needs some closure.
2: Do you have any predictions about what they're going to find at home?
0: I like to think there's going to be a demon there. Um, like we've had in the past that knew of uh, the girlfriend's killing and knew of, you know, what's going on. I just want to thank everyone for
1: sticking with us this week. I know it was a rough one, but remember what Sam said. It
0: gets better. Soon we'll all be 18 and going to college. For any questions, comments, or smart remarks, send them to naturalfriendpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Podcast. Thank you to our fans and our wives for continuous support. If you enjoyed this, drop us a view and subscribe. Thanks for joining us. We are Natural, Natural Friends. Natural Friends. Natural Friends. <laughs> Supernatural Friends.
1: Supernatural Friends. Supernatural Friends.
0: Wikipedia says that ancient history covers all Continents inhabited by humans in their period 3000 BC to AD 500. So, no, 1870 (laughs) doesn't count. (laughs)